Hey, you guys, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Today is Wednesday, October 3rd. Lots of stuff happening today. It's also the first Wednesday of a new month, which means we have a brand new Bible study happening at Mom Strong International. Today, we're going to talk about the topic, what is truth? What an amazing time in history to take up this topic. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I just got home from Washington, D.C., and my husband and I were there for the uh, Homeschool Legal Defense Association's annual leadership summit, where I was privileged to address the women for their luncheon. I always love it when I can talk to people who are off the bench. (laughs) I love talking to leaders, and this was no exception. And we had an opportunity to tour the Museum of the Bible, which we did. An amazing uh, place, by the way. If you haven't been there, make a trip, plan to go. It's incredible. And while we were there, the hearings were happening for uh, Judge Brett Kavanaugh. And on my way out, actually, Jay and I were watching this play out on the news. So we're on an airplane, right? And I'm watching the news and I'm watching, uh, at first I watched uh, Christine Ford's testimony which I thought, you know, my initial thought was something's wrong with this woman, like somebody has hurt her. And then the next thing I did, of course, like like a lot of you, was I watched Judge Kavanaugh. And I'm telling you, by the time he was done, I was literally weeping. I'm sitting next to a person I don't know on an airplane uh, crying like a baby because it is so obvious to me that the Democrats are just bent on destroying this person. And uh, to me, and I've been watching this for a long time and praying over it, and I really believe this is about Roe versus Wade. Uh, This is about a 1973 Supreme Court decision that really upended the laws of all 50 states on behalf of a constitutional right to abortion that the Constitution somehow neglects to mention, right? And so since then, advocates for a, quote, living constitution will say that while our founding document is infinitely malleable, this one ruling is fixed and sacred. That's according to the Wall Street Journal. And they went on to say, as malignant as the campaigns against Supreme Court nominees Robert Bork and Clarence Thomas, they didn't even face accusations as vile and unrelenting as the unsubstantiated charges against Brett Kavanaugh. Adding to the injustice is this frenzy surrounding his nomination, and it's really not about him. It's about Roe v. Wade. It's about an it's about an evil force in this nation that wants to hang on to its right to abortion, even though they don't know that that's what Judge Kavanaugh is going to do, right? And in fact, he said he he would actually be in favor of continuing along the lines of precedent, which means he wouldn't overturn it. So Judge Kavanaugh, his misfortune really is to have been nominated at a moment when the party in opposition is worried that they're going to lose their grip on the ruling about abortion. So never mind that Chief Justice John Roberts is unlikely to acquiesce to this move that would bring down the right, all of the the unleash the hounds of hell on his court. Right. It's not even clear that uh, Kavanaugh would do it. But just the fact that he won't come out and say uh, his his absolute opinion on Roe v. Wade, except for the fact that he respects precedent, they're going to unleash the hounds of hell against him. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, And I, my heart aches for the man because it has never, we have never lived in a time in history when you could sentence a man or charge a man with no evidence and have the entire, uh, have the entire culture turn against him. I've never seen anything like it. 
And so uh, the I went on, there's a lot of articles, obviously, I mean, hundreds of them, really, uh, on the internet circulating around. I thought this was interesting coming out of the Wall Street Journal, uh, because this is what they said. Let me translate, and I'm quoting now from the Wall Street Journal. Nothing personal, Judge, but if you won't declare the decision laid down by seven unelected men in robes is untouchable, then we have no choice but to do whatever it takes to keep you off the high court. This is what Democrats do when they see a possible fifth vote against Roe in play. It's what they did in 1987 when they transformed Bork into a verb. It's what they're now doing to Judge Kavanaugh, and they do it with the eager help of a press that has abandoned even the pretense of objectivity. And institutions such as the American Bar Association and the American Civil Liberties Union, which have betrayed their own principles in an effort to bring this man down. In this case, there's no room for fairness and decency. When CNN's Jake Tapper asked Senator Maisie Hirono if Judge Kavanaugh deserved, quote, the same presumption of innocence as anyone else about the sexual allegation accusations against him, the Hawaii Democrat gave the game away. This is what she said. I put his denial in the context of everything I know about him in terms of how he approaches his cases, she replied, noting that he, quote, is very much against women's reproductive choice. Again, a reference to Roe v. Wade. Mr. Tapper understood instantly. It sounds to me like you're saying because you don't trust him on policy and because you don't believe him when he says, for instance, that he does not have an opinion on Roe v. Wade, you don't believe him about this allegation about what happened at a party in 1982, he asked. Bingo. Once again, Antonin Scalia saw it all coming before anyone else. He laid it out in a biting dissent in Planned Parenthood v. Casey. I mean, the circus the Kavanaugh nomination has become, it bears rereading. Many assume that the Roman Catholic jurist dissent was rooted in his personal opposition to abortion, but Scalia never spoke about his own views. And his Casey dissent is something to which even the most robustly pro-choice Americans could sign their names. Far from settling the issue, Scalia wrote, Roe remains brittle because it lacks constitutional warrant. It represents the triumph of an imperial judiciary, which, quote, intensifies the polarization over abortion by keeping the issue out of the democratic process, thus depriving the losers from compensating, quote, satisfaction of a fair hearing and an honest fight. He went on, if the Supreme Court is simply to be a vehicle for choosing among competing values in a democracy, it should be the values of the voters that prevail. Thus, confirmation hearings for new justices should deteriorate into question and answer sessions in which senators go through a list of their constituents' most favored and most disfavored alleged constitutional rights. Today, the nation marches to the beat of the dysfunction Scalia laid out so well in his Casey dissent, to the point where we have just allowed the nominations process to be blown up. When the day comes that the court reconsiders Roe, the justices are going to remember this day. And let's hope that they consider as well the poisons Roe continues to inject into the American body politic, not the least of which is the incentive to reward the character assassination of Republican nominees. Brett Kavanaugh is a decent man with a lovely wife and two sweet daughters. He's also what the Democrats fear most on the high courts, an honest judge. This is why he and his family are being destroyed 
before our very eyes. And I could not agree more. I literally, like I said, I wept when I watched it. We should be weeping at what is happening in this nation. We are not presumed guilty until proven innocent. We are presumed innocent until proven guilty. And there has been no proof offered in this case whatsoever. And yet we're seeing the assassination of a good man, his character being assassinated right in front of us. So I hope you will join me in praying for him. I hope you'll get out and vote in the midterm elections. Uh, There is so much happening. You've heard me say this many times. uh, And I I spoke about it in Washington, D.C. before the HSLDA women's luncheon there. And I said there, when, when, men and women, has it ever been the job of Christians to stay out of the public square? When did we decide that we should sit on the bench and not talk about politics at Thanksgiving and not talk about it with our children? Uh, Politics is uh, what drives policy. It's what got us Roe versus Wade. It's what's happening to our nation right now when we're watching uh, a man being tarred and feathered and his reputation being literally stripped from him on the basis of an allegation alone. And I hope that uh, that you are listening to this and watching what's happening. And the very first thing we do is we want to be uh, we want to become people of prayer to cry out to the Lord in prayer. One of the things we're talking about at MomStrong International this month is the existence of truth. And of course, this comes right back to what's happening in the just in the Judge Kavanaugh hearings uh, right now. Jay and I, I don't know if I, if I finished telling you guys this, but we were there on Capitol Hill. We just happened to be there when this hearing was taking place, when the vote was coming down, whether or not to take this out of committee and move it into the Senate, which of course they did. And then there were, you know, all manner of, well, we've got to have an FBI investigation and it kind of deteriorated from there. But I'll tell you what, the tension in the Capitol is so thick you could cut it with a knife. And Jay and I went to the White House and stood out in front of the White House. And there are people walking around the White House uh, with all manner of uh, profanity being screamed about the president, signs that I couldn't even put up on my Instagram page because they were so vile. And right up about maybe 50 yards back from where the protesters were standing in front of the White House, pretty much ruining everybody's chance to get a good picture of the White House, uh, there was a, a couple from China. And a man kind of, he looked to me like he was in his 30s and just singing at the top of his lungs on, you know, on his, uh, playing his guitar and praising the Lord. And I saw his wife standing there and she was holding up a sign that was talking about praying for our nation. And I couldn't help myself. I went up to her and I just introduced myself and I said, hey, do you mind? I'm, I'm videotaping you. Can you tell me what you're doing here? Well, she proceeded to tell me that her husband had been, he was a Christian born and raised in China, persecuted for his faith. They came to the United States and she said, what's happening to the United States is what happens to Christians in China. And she said, we're here to pray for our president and pray for our nation, that evil will not be, that, that good will overcome evil. And she said, God can do it. And so my husband and I spent the next 40 minutes praying with this couple and singing with them in front of the White House, one of the most powerful things that I have ever experienced in Washington, D.C., and I've been there many times. Uh, But I want to encourage you to pray. Uh, God is not silent about what happens to nations who are ruled by ungodly judges. And that's really what this is about. It is a fight to keep a good man from the highest court in the land, and we should be terribly concerned about what's happening, and we should be praying and crying out to the Lord. All right, since this is the very first week of the new study, I just want to encourage you, if you've not joined MomStrong International, if you've not become a part of our Bible study there, this is a fantastic time to join. We're going to be talking about truth and aiming your arrows 
toward truth. And so we're we're talking about who defines truth. How do we know that truth exists? There is truth. I keep hearing people say, well, that's your truth. And this person has her truth and you have your truth and I have my truth. But there there is only one truth. There's only one truth. And since the fall of man, truth has been an elusive pursuit, right? Almost 2,000 years ago, the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, looked into the eyes of Jesus and asked him rather sarcastically, or maybe he was just frustrated, what is truth? What Pilate didn't know was that he was talking to the truth. He was talking to God in the flesh, the one through whom the worlds were created. And whether spoken out of sarcasm, frustration, or as an honest question, the words of Pontius Pilate have become famous to millions of people. Jesus had proclaimed earlier, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But the truth would not set Pilate free that day because he didn't want to know it. Not really. So there in his governor's palace, while history held its breath, the truth standing right in front of him, Pilate effectively signed Jesus' death warrant as he walked away from his own question and washed his hands of the whole ordeal. History records that Pilate never came to know the truth. Why? Because the human heart, unwilling to submit to the truth, will never, in fact, know the truth. And I wonder how many of us are doing that today. How many of us are washing our hands of the situations that we see around us and just throwing our hands up in the air and saying, you know what, forget it. If we're going to pass on the truth of God's word to our children, men men and women, we need to know it and we need to pursue it. And not only that, but we need to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. And the single best way to do that is to study and know the word of God. Truth matters to God. And if we're going to know him, the Bible teaches that we will actually know the truth. And so this week, we're going to be looking at truth through the lens of scripture in an effort to see what it is and what it isn't. This is a great study for you to download. It's a great opportunity for you to study this with your family. And I just want to encourage you uh, toward pursuing truth and understanding what it is. Jesus defined truth in a beautiful prayer right before his crucifixion. He was praying on behalf of his disciples, both then and now. And this is what he said, sanctify or set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. That's from John 17, 17. Here, Jesus is saying that a person should be able to examine the pages of God's word and through that examination, learn the truth on any subject of major significance. I've said this over and over, and I'm gonna say it again. God's word is not silent on the struggles that we're facing today. And in fact, the Bible contains the answers to all of life's big questions. Why are we born? Where do we come from? What's our purpose in life? whether or not God exists and whether or not there's life after death, just to name a few. The Bible says that God's truth will last forever. It says that it's eternal. And the culture today has rejected God's principles of morality and instead embraced of their version of truth. And we call that moral relativism. And this is dangerous because the Bible teaches that rejecting God's law is costly. In an age of moral relativism, in an an age of the Me Too movement, in an age of uh, embracing your truth and my truth as absolute truth, we have actually rejected the notion of absolute truth. And philosophers and scientists have uh, debated this issue of absolute truth for centuries. And God knew that we were going to struggle. 
And he knew that we'd be drawn away from God's truth by worldly philosophies. And in Colossians chapter two, verse eight, Paul addressed the church in Colossae this way. This is what he said. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. So I want you to think about this with me for just a minute, because how could we or our children be taken captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy? Well, the first thing I would say is we lean on our emotions rather than on fact. We're an emotionally driven people. And I think the church has been making emotional arguments for spiritual problems for a very long time. And here we find ourselves at a crossroad in human history where we're going to actually have to stand up and say there is such a thing as truth and we can actually know it. The Bible says that when we deny God's truth, it is actually an act of the will. Did you know that? It's an act of the will. What are you teaching your children about truth? Are you teaching them that truth is absolute, that there are absolutes? I mean, this is why we've got all this uh, this gender confusion and this uh, mumbo jumbo that you see with people telling you that you can change your DNA. I had an opportunity uh, several weeks ago, when I was speaking uh, in Iowa, someone gave me an uh, someone gave me a documentary to watch, and I, I honestly I couldn't even get through the whole thing. It was listening. I was listening to a gentleman talking about how he had had a sex change operation and had come later to regret it. So he'd had the sex change operation in his twenties. He said he'd struggled with gender identity his whole life, and he started talking about the process that it took to change himself uh, from a man into a woman. And it's horrific and it should be criminal. And yet we're doing it. And the bottom line is it didn't change who he was on the inside. All they did was take his parts off and replace him with things that didn't even work right. And now for the rest of his life, he's stuck with this uh, constant reminder that he allowed himself to be lied to and that the people that surrounded him didn't love him enough to tell him the truth. Truth matters to God. And we're going to study this in the next few weeks at MomStrong International, and I'm going to kind of set you up for it by letting you know right off the bat that according to God, it's not enough to know the truth. You've got to act on the truth as God reveals it. This is the way of the Savior, to live and walk in truth. And as you study God's word and prayerfully seek truth, God says you will always find it. You will always find it. And so we want to be teaching our children that truth exists and that God is is heavily involved and that God is heavily invested in his children knowing and being able to defend truth. I've been thinking about uh, just the MomStrong study and what we're doing at MomStrong International and what God's called my husband and I to do at the Homeschool Resource Center. And a lot of it is just frontline stuff. And we talk a lot about parents aiming their arrows toward truth. And in fact, that's a large part of the, the theme of the study for the month of October, which I, I just find it's so exciting to me because it was no accident to God. We picked these topics months ago. So who knew that on October 1st, as we focus on truth, we'd literally have truth in the crosshairs in Washington, D.C. with a man's life hanging in the balance. Nothing takes God by surprise. 
If you have not joined MomStrong International, can I just encourage you to do that? You will love the Bible study. You can do it with your children. It comes as a secondary component to the free scripture writing challenge that's available right now at momstronginternational.com. It is my heart to see you know the word of God and apply it with a veracity that will stand up to the culture. God's word will stand up to the culture. It will stand the test of time and his spirit will encourage and lead you and guide you as you study his word. It's also a really awesome way for you to support what we're doing. I don't know if you notice this, but we don't have advertisement here at the podcast. So really what we do is we depend on listeners supporting us through becoming members at MomStrong International and through sending support to us at Firmly Planted Family in Vancouver. And I'll link back to that today if you're interested in supporting us in that way, we would certainly appreciate it. But I wanna end today's podcast in a word of prayer. We need to be praying for our nation. We are in living, we are living in perilous times right now. And as much as I've encouraged you over the years here to uh, get off of the bench and onto the battlefield, as much as I've encouraged you to recognize that this is a battle, it's a spiritual battle. And boy, the masks have come off certainly in Washington, D.C., but I see it right here in my own hometown. It's everywhere. And we've been talking about aiming your arrows toward truth, but listen, mom and dad, you are an arrow. You are also an arrow. Yes, you're training your arrows in righteousness. Yes, we want to launch our kids out into the world so they can have an impact for the gospel and love people the way that Jesus did. But you are also an arrow, a weapon that by the grace of God will be a force to be reckoned with on the battlefield. Let's close this podcast in a word of prayer. Father, this world is so full of deceit and lies. And it's tempting, Lord, to listen to theories that seem right and disregard your word in an attempt to be seen as wise. So help me, Lord, to turn to your word first and to place a high priority on knowing it so that I can be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within me. Father, I pray for every man and woman and child, every teenager that's listening to this podcast right now. Lord, would you help us to delight in your word, to hide it in our hearts so that we might not sin against you. Father, I help this please to be bold and courageous. Lord, to remember that you have not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and a sound mind. Help us to find our voice in the culture, Lord. And when we find it, that we would be mouthpieces for you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And it is to you we give praise and glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today, everybody. I'm gonna come back on Friday with a brand new friend that you guys have not met. His name is Rick Evans, and he has written a book that it it literally, I think, is gonna change your life. If you struggle with uh, hurt from your past and you've had a hard time healing from it, if you have a husband who struggled with this, women, uh, Rick is gonna have a message for you. I literally cried when I listened to him share his story of hope and healing, and he will be my guest on Friday. So until then, I hope you guys will take the opportunity to go over to iTunes and rate this podcast and review it and share it with your friends. By the way, I'm gonna come back at Mailbox Monday and read those reviews that you guys are leaving over there. It is such an encouragement to me. Every time you uh, write them, we read them. So thank you for doing that. We appreciate it. Thank you for supporting this podcast and for praying for our ministry here at Friendly Planted Family. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. And I'll see you back here with my friend, Rick Evans, on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.